Hey guys, good morning. Uh, we're continuing our discussion about what church is, what is church. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoyed last week's talk from Alan Carr. Uh, he's just a really special teacher. Um, he, he lives it. He's not just a professor, but he literally lives the things that he teaches. And I think you could see that from the video. Uh, it's one of the reasons I really wanted to include some of his own stories uh, along with his teaching. So when I edited it down, I made sure that that, that stuff stayed in because um, to, to hear the examples of, of a man who's, who's experienced both church uh, in a really large scale, um, kind of typical American large Bible Belt style churches, and right down to uh, what he's doing now, which is leading and planting house churches that are small and reproduce um, and really so into the community. I think that was uh, just really good stuff to hear um, as we go through this season of, of that God's given us through, through um, the struggle of having to deal with COVID and, and what that means for church, the, the time to reevaluate what Resound looks like and how we approach church going forward because it's likely that we won't be able to approach church as we've done it in the past, um, at least for the foreseeable future. So that's just a really good opportunity to reevaluate. And I think the Holy Spirit is calling uh, all of his churches, um, I've heard it especially here in the UK, but uh, even in the States, to, to go back and ask the Holy Spirit, uh, what does church look like from your perspective? And, and as we explore through, through our own quests, questions and understanding and scripture and um, uh, discussions as a leadership team and as a body, uh, I think it's a good opportunity for the Spirit to speak to us. So what is church? And today I'm going to talk about community. I think you guys are all aware that community is a, a huge passion of mine. Um, and that comes right back from from the very beginning of my life. So even long before I ever became a Christian, uh, I was blessed to to be able to live in and experience a, a genuine sense of of tight knit community with all that it comes along goes along with that, uh, with celebration and with with feasting and um, helping one another out and. Uh, um, just living life together. And, and what it was is I, I grew up, my, my parents were owned a uh, music venue in Austin, Texas in the 70s, early 70s. Um, uh, and it was in the midst of an explosion of music in Texas. And um, we, we gathered with, uh, even as a small child, I remember... Um, so many times being at, at various musicians' houses with other musicians gathered around, you know, going to Willie Nelson's house or other um, musicians you may or may not have heard of from the kind of country scene. Um, uh, and just being at their house and, and people just grabbing guitars and, and, and just spontaneously playing music and celebrating um, and sure, they were celebrating in a worldly way as well, um, but they were feasting together and they were um, you know, having barbecues and they were doing life together and they were celebrating music and culture and 
and all that goes along with being community. And they were helping one another, one another out too. When anyone had a need, they would chip in to, to make sure that they were taken care of. Um, and from a very early age, I just got to experience what, what community was like in, in a kind of a tight knit way because there was this real commu- sense of community amongst the, the musicians and the people in the music and art scene uh, in and around Austin, Texas at that time. Um, it was also during a, a um, time when hippies were experiencing communes and things like that. And, and from that, I, I went uh, into my early days as a Christian when I did come to the Lord my, my very first church that I, that I went to was a, a church that was born out of the Jesus People Movement. And so, so community was a big part of, uh, of what their expression was. And, um, you know, many of them came out of those communes and, and they would do discipleship. They would create uh, our church and many churches in, in that time and era had uh, what was called discipleship houses where either, you know, uh, a person who was older in the Lord or a couple or a family would host young people living with them in their homes. Uh, and that just became a real expression of community as well because worship and discipleship and teaching and doing the Christian, doing the kingdom life together wasn't um, primarily about having meetings or scheduling you know, a Bible study. We did have those. We had midweek Bible studies, but we would talk about the Lord every day. Uh, and we would, you know, the young people would go to the older people and say, well, what does this scripture mean? I read this in my quiet time today and, and help me to understand it. And someone would grab a guitar and they would have, be spontaneous times of worship. Uh, and we cared for one another. Uh, and we gathered together our money when someone had a need and and gave generously and we practiced hospitality with one another um, cooking meals and sharing that that responsibility and inviting others into our home and it was really missional as well because we would invite people into our homes all the time to share a, a communal meal together um, and and people would would come because um, because they saw something they saw a genuine love and they saw a genuine sense of belonging um, that was there. Uh, and then I went from that into when I began to get really interested in, in mission, I, I went from that to uh, a season of being uh, either a student or staff with YWAM, with Youth with a Mission. And the way YWAM operates is they also operate in, in community type situations where either they have a big, uh, their base is a big house, uh, like a manor house, which will hold a lot of people uh, and staff and students would all live together or they would have a piece of property where there were multiple um, buildings and houses and families would live in, in houses together and we would work together on the grounds and we would uh, teach together and we would talk about God um, all the time and worship would be spontaneous. Again, YWAM has, you know, they have structure so they would have worship meetings and they would have uh, lessons and things like that, but it was uh, also a very organic place to just someone would grab a guitar and, and begin to worship um, because that was what was flowing out of our hearts. Um, and we would do outreach into towns and help the poor and do you know, soup runs and those kind of things. And so community is at the very 
depths and foundation of not only who I am as a person, but of my faith as well. Because even as I began to to read the scriptures and see um, Jesus, uh, the way he discipled his his first disciples, his first followers, was always in a communal situation. It wasn't he didn't schedule a meeting with the crowds, and he didn't say to the twelve disciples. Um, 7.30 on Wednesday night, I'm going to teach you on this and that topic. They lived and did life together. They traveled together. They ate together. Um, they struggled together. And in all that, Jesus taught them the life of the kingdom. Uh, and then that began to filter out into the early church as well. Because the early church understood um, community. And it understood community not just... Uh, from Jesus, but actually from the beginning, um, because the whole scripture is is about uh, the community of God. God, when he created in, in Genesis, he created living things that were organic and grew and changed and related, uh, things would reproduce in their kind. Um, and then he created man in his own image, and God himself is relational because the God is Trinity and has always been in relationship and community. And when he created man in his image, he said it's not good for man to be alone. And so he started right there and he created a family. And from the family, he created a clan. And from the clan, he created a tribe. And from the tribes, he created the nation. And even when Israel walked as a nation, they were, they were a, an expression of still of community with God. Yeah, they had government and yes, they had laws, but all those laws, and if you read Leviticus and, and Deuteronomy, you'll see that all those laws are structured towards community and relationship. And Jesus even said that, that all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So it's all about relationship. Um, and I think in our modern society, it's easy, it's easy for us to easier for us to create a, a model um, of, of what we would call community, but which tends to be more of an institution. And again, there's nothing wrong with institution and when it gives life to something, when it's a structure, a scaffold that holds up the, the, the life, the living organism, there are laws of nature, there is structure within the physical universe. Um, but that is towards oriented towards giving life. And sometimes our institutions um, can either bring life or they can bring a, a sterile environment that, that is not as conducive to life. It's conducive to management and to continuing on. And I think that that's the place that we're in, not just Resound, but the church as a whole, that we've gathered together and we've, we've taken what it means to be church and and place that into a Sunday service and maybe a midweek meeting or two um, with the ideas that the leaders, you know, do all this stuff that is called church and we come along and we part, we, we uh, spectate really, uh, if I'm honest, most of the time we participate mentally, but very little with the rest of our lives. Um, and, and though we do our Christianity in other senses, we do our Christianity at work and we do our Christianity, you know, in the day to day as individuals, we do very little of it as community. Um, and I think God intended for us to do it as community. And so 
Um, and, and the reason that we're like that is that I, I don't blame us because we're, we are a product of our society, which is, is a, a consumer-based society and it is a productivity-based society. And we moved away from relationship um, as a priority and made productivity as a priority sometime around the Industrial Revolution. Prior to that, um, families would stay together and work together. Children would work in their father's business and on the farm or in the, you know, the shop or whatever uh, in the marketplace. Uh, families would stay together and parents would be cared for as they got older by the young. Um, and communities would be cared for together as we shared product, as, as a blacksmith would trade his, his skill for, um, to the farmer for food and there was a real sense of community but that's gone away because now we're a productivity and a consumer-based society and so our children move away from home and not just from home but move away entirely geographically from us as they pursue um, their life um, and as our parents get older um, they typically will go into care homes because our lives are so busy with our careers and with the things that we take on in this society that we don't have time and we don't have the finance to care for them um, in the way they deserve. But that's because we're pursuing uh, a life based on our, our, our cultural norms. And I think that's a little bit what Paul was saying in Romans 12 when he said that we, shouldn't, we should no longer conform to the patterns of this world but the truth is we are conforming to the patterns of this world. We are, we are basing our lives largely on what society tells us to do. Um, and we're trying to add our Christianity, add our citizenship in the kingdom as a kind of an alongside that. Um, and rather than being aliens and strangers here. Uh, and I think that that has, has largely um, affected how we do community if we do it at all. Uh, and... Uh, that grieves me. I think it grieves the Holy Spirit. Um, I think when he said, don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world, and that he called us aliens and strangers, and he called us citizens of a different world, a different kingdom, a different city, a city built on a hill, that he was getting at this idea that, that actually we're to run counter to that stuff. Um, we're not to add our Christianity, our citizenship to the kingdom alongside that, but we're to counter that and we're to, to demonstrate genuine community, genuine kingdom principles, genuine life uh, lived as a uh, disciple of Jesus and who walks like Jesus and ministers like Jesus. Um, and so as the early church experienced this out of the very nature of who it was to be Israel and then moving into the, the early Greek church as well, um, it was it was normal to meet together in real community. And what they did was they would meet together. Sure, they would meet in larger gatherings, but primarily church for them was gathering in one another's homes. And Paul uh, continuously through his letters says to greet so-and-so like Priscilla and Aquila and the church that meets in their home or Nymphia and the church that meets in her house. And uh, that was the norm. So the church was community 
uh, meeting in one another's homes in a small gathering, and then they would celebrate as as many of those came together, and they would meet in the temple courts, and they would have feast days, typical kind of Jewish feasts and and fasts and celebrations, and they would do that together in community. Um, and in Acts chapter two, we see that really spelled out in the birth of the church, where um, uh, it says that all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need, so they were taking care of one another. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So this early church understood church to mean gathering in small gatherings so that they can continue expressing community with one another and they would have a meal together. Um, communion was always done as part of a meal and we've taken that out now and we've break off these little pieces of bread or if you're Anglican, you have a little wafer and a, you know, a chalice and, and, um, and we've divorced that from communion. So we call it communion, but we're, we're having communion with Jesus spiritually through it, but we're not really having communion with one another. We're not having community with one another the way they did when they first began doing communion, the Lord's Supper, together. Um, and I think meals are important. I think food, sharing food, sharing hospitality. Uh, the other wonderful thing about small gatherings is... Um, as Paul speaks about in Corinthians, he says, when, when you gather together, let each of you ha have a song or a teaching or a prophetic encouragement. Um, a small communal gathering is a place where every person gets to express their gifts. It's not just about the preacher up front. It's not just about the worship team and their musical abilities from the stage while we watch or join in singing. Um, watching looking at a screen it's it's about the person who has the gift of hospitality being able to open their home and share and facilitate or making a meal uh, it's about the person who is a teacher and not just the leader of the small group or the gathering but anybody who feels the the need to bring a teaching can bring that uh, in those smaller gatherings where each person their gifts are valued and they are each considered ministers in the kingdom of God. Anybody can can just lead out in worship songs as off-key as you want to. It doesn't matter. It's about celebrating together in the Lord. and It's not about the product uh, production value, the production quality of those things because what we're doing is, is we're expressing heart and that's what, the, the, what real community allows for. It's a place of expressing each of our individual gifts and life through and in and with one another, um, we become participants and not just spectators. And, and that's really important. And so as we look at what church is, I'm praying uh, that we will begin to reprioritize our lives around the small gathering, around the house church, around the church that meets in the Bud's home, around the church that meets in the Mill's home or in the Carter's home or in the Cannon's home, um, that we would still be resound and we would celebrate what, with one another, but the Sunday expression, when and if we can get back to that, or the video service like we're doing now, 
that's not the main thing. The main thing is what happens in those communal gatherings where we can really express community. Um, and as we go from this forward, I pray that that would be what we would begin to see as church and that the other thing would be kind of like the icing on top, the, the, the chance to get together as a larger gathering to celebrate and, and actually celebrate. Like we're not going to come and just do routine where we've got, you know, a good worship thing and then people are kind of in their seats and looking up at a screen. But, but how can we express that in times of real celebration? Um, and get back to this sense of community where, where it's really about the life lived with one another and taking care of one another, taking care of our, our, our elder um, congregation, taking care of those who are struggling financially or struggling with, with uh, issues of, of depression or mental health or physical health and praying for healing um, and bringing encouraging words. That's community and that's life. And I'm praying that this, this season will be a reboot of that in our lives. So I just pray that you guys um, are, are blessed. I pray that what I've said today um, makes sense to you and I pray that it clicks and excites you um, and that we can go from here really seeking uh, the life of God in our midst um, and that Rizal will become a, a body of many churches that are communities um, and missional communities, communities that open them, themselves up, open the doors to those around them that don't know the king and don't know the kingdom uh, as living examples. And I've said this before, I've said it many times, in my discussions with people who are not Christians or have rejected the church um, for whatever reason, uh, the number one thing that it always comes back to is about wanting to see real community. That's what, they that's what they're looking for. They want community. And if we're not a place that's offering it, they're not going to be bothered to come into our doors. But if we can offer them uh, hospitality and love and a meal and community together, uh, I think we'll, be, we'll see um, the Lord adding to our numbers daily, those who are being saved. So God bless you guys. Uh, Father, I, I, I thank you that you are alive and that you created life. You created organic nature. Even this world that, that you created, even the, the, the earth itself is alive with tectonic activity and, and geology and weather patterns. And it doesn't stay stagnant and it doesn't stay um, structured in an institutional manner. Though there are always laws, there are, there are physical and nat natural laws that, that play. So we know that there's a mix, but the law is to give life. Um, and the law of your spirit, the law of Christ, does give life. And that law is love. And love is about community and relationship. And so I pray that as we go forth, that that would be the priority on our hearts as we're down. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys.